Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. See which operators come up multiple times in in these different groups and then get that feeling of trust because... They've heard the name of the operator from multiple sources. That helps them make the decision to invest here. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest-running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best Ever listeners, welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Slocum Reed, and I'm here with Latan Yahav. Latan is joining us from Israel, just north of Tel Aviv. He's a co-founder of Visor. Visor is a virtual family office that helps people with complex investments to control and plan their wealth. He's also a limited partner who has invested in over 30 syndications with 10 operators. Latan, can you start us off with a little more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Yeah, first of all, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Great to Uh, have you. So quick background about me. So I'm 40 years old, married, I have three kids, born in the States. Moved to Israel when I was nine years old and served in the military here and Navy for six years, went to school and started a startup, very weird industry about 12 years ago, which went well. It wasn't a very weird industry. We did 3D imagery for diamonds, hardware, software, crazy experience, but it went well. Sold that back in 2015, made some money, 
didn't make tens of millions of dollars, but made enough. And back then, when we got this money, so at that point, a bunch of advisors, wealth managers sort of reach out and offer to manage it. And me and my co-founder decided, we're just going to do this on our own. And really attracted to real estate. And the cool thing in Israel is that every second person here does real estate abroad in the US or in Europe. So everyone knows a guy and knows a guy that knows a guy. And we just sort of meet with friends of ours and friends of friends. And at some point, sort of someone talked to us about single family homes in Ohio, like a suburb of Cleveland and sounded good for us. And we just bought two single family homes. That was our first investment. And then I can dive in from there, how we reached the rest of it. But that was sort of our first dip in the water, investing in real estate. Specifically, that was a bad experience, but that's where it began. If I can ask, Latan, I am from Ohio and I have family in Cleveland. What part of Cleveland was that? One of the homes was in Maple Heights and the other one was in Euclid. What made that a bad experience? Let me put it this way. All right. So we were looking to be passive investors. We've never seen any property we've invested in. We've only seen pictures and spreadsheets. So these two properties that we bought, each of them was like $60,000. We had a property management company there. These were renovated properties. So it was basically a full turnkey. And from the get-go, we had bad tenants in both. And every other day, our property management company would give us a call. Hey, there's damage in this. or there's a letter from the municipality about that. And a tree fell here. And just like endless. And I think it's a combination of bad luck and also not understanding the circumstances and what is involved in investing and owning single family rental properties for us. So expectations weren't really met for us. And the thing is, during that period, we also did a few investments as LPs, as a limited partner in real estate syndications. So doing these two things at the same time, they were totally active properties not performing as expected, requiring a lot of work, headache. It was hard for us. And about the same amount of money in, I don't remember, two or three syndications, performing a lot better, not doing anything. Why do I want to do this and not that? And as long as I want to maintain passive. And so from that point on, we decided only to invest in syndications. And we only managed to get rid of these property a year ago. We lost money. And that sort of was for us with this early stage tipping point, right? This is like a few months in, just understanding what our goal is. And our goal is to be passive. And to be passive, obviously, it's a spectrum, right? You can be totally passive in real estate and just invest in like tradable REITs. We wanted the more exposure to risk and more return in cash flow. And so that's why we went into syndications. And that's what we've been doing ever since for the past seven years in the US and in Europe. Multi-family type deals, ground up development, storage units, and other stuff as well. And just over the years, it's been going well. And at some point we encountered issues and these are good problems to have. But when you have a lot of these investments, in addition to everything else we're investing, like crypto and startups and public markets, our spreadsheets just became insane for us because we wanted to maintain passive. It's like, all right, we're passive investors, but we're actively managing all this information, documents coming in and bank accounts and cash coming in and out. It's like hard for us. And we said, all right, we don't want this. We couldn't find anyone at a reasonable price to do it for us. Everyone wanted tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to do it for us. And if we did, screw that. Let's just build ourselves a piece of software to automate as much as that as possible. And, and that became Pfizer? Well, that was for us. We built gotcha. that for us. And then a bunch of friends wanted it as well. And, whoa, hold it. 
there might be a ton of people like us out there. And that's why we decided to build Visor. Okay. That makes sense. So I want to get back to the real estate in a moment, but Visor came as a result of all of the different investments you had in different asset classes, primarily a lot outside of real estate, it sounds like, and the need to be able to more efficiently organize your investment portfolio. Yes. I'll give you a short, simple example. So you invest 100000 into a syndication, and then you're supposed to get some sort of annual cash flow distributed every quarter. And then after five, seven years, there's supposed to be an exit. That's like the simple type of deal, right? In the real estate syndication, like a multifamily value add type deal. And when you invest in one of those, it's easy. But imagine I'll get an email from an operator at the end of a quarter saying, all right, this quarter, you're going to get $4,000. And again, I'm, I'm emphasizing these are good problems to have, right? But I don't even remember how much I invested. Are we on track? Is 4000 of what I was supposed to receive? And even if I do remember, two weeks later, when the money appears in my bank account, I'm not going to remember what it's related to. Now, imagine having 10, 15 of those at every given time. It's like, I want to be passive. So we built this platform so I can forward those emails to the platform and automatically it updates the asset. When a bank transaction comes into my bank account, because it's linked to Visor, Visor will automatically track that transaction and link it to the investment so that I don't have to do anything. Visor does it for me. That's just for real estate. Imagine everything else, like all the cash flow. Anyway, so that's a really good use case example for what led us to build it. Gotcha. Latan, how many different investments do you have going and how many of them are in real estate? So a line item in my spreadsheet could be a real estate investment. It can be shares in a startup. It can be public stocks, bonds, retirement accounts, bank accounts. I have 10 different bank accounts a car. So at every given time, I'd say I have about 50 different line items. And out of that real estate, probably 15 to 20. So it's, again, I want to emphasize these are good problems to have. But again, it's like one of those things where at some point this spreadsheet breaks and you lose data, you lose information, you might even lose track of your money and forget stuff. Like I've spoken with people that, that literally forget investments they've done. They'll only remember a few years later when there's an exit which is really stupid if you ask me. That's a dream I sometimes have. I wake up and I'm like, oh man, what about that property that I needed to remove the tree from before it fell and it fell? And oh, that was just a dream. And that's not real. <laughs> right. but, uh, I get what you're saying. All of my investments are in real estate. I'm an active owner operator. To that end, Latan, I want to ask, for someone with as diversified an investing portfolio as you have, you said you're in crypto, you're in bonds and some other things. What role is investing in real estate syndications as a limited partner playing within your global investing strategy? First of all, real estate is the vast majority of my portfolio from a cash perspective. I love real estate. I love the passiveness and the cash flow and the appreciation and the tax benefits that real estate has, especially as a passive investor, as an LP investor, for me at least. So for me, it's all about that passive cash flow. That's the role that real estate plays. And there's an aspect of real estate that is underrated. And that's the fact that it's illiquid for me as an advantage. Because the other liquid stuff, there's risk for me about making stupid decisions, stupid emotional decisions. When I can click a button to sell because I woke up one morning scared about the markets, that's too easy. And obviously liquidity means something, right? But I think at this point, especially in this period in time, the illiquid stuff for me is also valuable because it basically protects me from making bad emotional decisions. 
it's crazy. I don't gain anything because I'm an LP, but I love LP investing so much. I try just to convince everyone around me. Like, Why do you do anything else and just not invest in LP? How can you justify, you make 14 to 18% IRR on these multifamily type deals invest. I'm imagining zero involvement. Now, the next step is to actively do it. But the amount of effort that goes into it, people don't understand how active it is. And the return has to be exponentially bigger if the effort is bigger. And people just underestimate that as well. So for me, it's all about that. I hope that makes sense. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Everyone is looking for a recession-resilient investment. How can you try to prevent from losing money by picking the wrong fund and sponsor? Right now, you can get Reliant Real Estate Management's free guide, 10 Things to Consider in a Real Estate Investment Fund, by visiting besteverreliant.com. Answer questions like, is the organization's focus on you? And does the fund keep employees? Reliant Real Estate Management is ranked one of the top 20 largest self-storage operators in the country with $1 billion in self-storage assets. After completing three funds and selling 38 properties with $0 of investor principal loss, they have an average project level IRR of 33% in just over 3.5 years. Visit besteverreliant.com right now to receive the 10 things to consider in a real estate investment fund and get access to their latest investment opportunities. That's besteverreliant.com, B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R-R-E-L-I-A-N-T.com. All the high achieving people that I know have a hustle, something that they're doing actively that requires passion, takes their time, makes them lose sleep. They put a lot more of themselves into it than non-high achieving people put into their career. And to your point, this is a daily commercial real estate investing podcast with a sophisticated audience too. A lot of the people we bring onto this show start out as passive investors and then go active because they see what's available and they turn that into their hustle. It sounds like what became your hustle was not only better organizing and making more efficient your own investment portfolio and your ability to track it, but also making that available to other people with similarly complex investment portfolios. Am I headed in the right direction? It's hard for me to consider it a hustle. My passion is solving inefficiency problems with technology. So that's what I strive to do. Even my previous company was out of that. I had no connection to the diamond industry whatsoever, but we identified the crazy way diamonds were traded around the world and said, well, that doesn't make any sense. Let's fix that with technology. Same thing we're doing now. It doesn't make any sense to manage the way we did. Let's solve it with technology. So I don't know if it's, I'd consider it a hustle. I have this passion for solving problems with technology and I know what I'm good at and I know what I don't know. And I prefer to trust people who know what they're doing at a full-time job. People like you, you actively do real estate. I'm never going to know real estate as well as you do, but I know to identify people I can trust. I know to identify people with experience and I just give them money to make me more money. So I know what I'm good at. It's mind boggling for me. Why I think when you, when you talk to LP investors, that have an aspiration to become a GP. When you already tasted the passiveness of not doing anything and getting all that money just sent to you and then you want to do active stuff, I was like, whoa, okay, good luck with that. But I get the wealth creation mindset because you, you have the potential to make a lot more money if you become active. Just a lot more time goes into it as well. Latan, give yourself some credit. 
you know enough about real estate to be able to get a 14 to 18% return on your money over time without having to put too much work into it. And I think you're saying that that's what's attracted to you to investing passively, right? Exactly. As a passive investor that's done over 30 deals with 10 different operators and doing it all from Israel, I believe, without ever needing to set foot in the United States to invest in real estate here, specific to identifying operators and identifying investment opportunities, what have been your biggest struggles? This might sound cliche, but the biggest struggle is finding those people you can trust. Um, so here it was just investing with people I know, like good friends of mine or good friends of theirs. And that sort of creates that level of trust that these people will not screw you over. The market might fail, but they're not going to screw you over. That really, for me, key. I ended up joining this mastermind group in the U.S. called GoBundance. Just to join these like-minded people that were, where trust and integrity are really high valued. And so that was like one of the main motivators for me to join that so I could find those type of people. And I invested with them as well, a few guys in the group as well. So I think that's the number one. Obviously, it's a lesson, but for us from the get-go, that was most important for us. So there's that. And there are a bunch of other sub lessons and, and things that sort of we've learned as we've moved forward investing in these sort of deals. A lot of questions that should be asked that we learned doing these deals, which of those questions to ask. Even understand the person who's sitting in front of you, what is their position in this deal? Are they the operator, the, the funder, the capital raiser, the co-GP? There's a bunch of different aspects that we didn't even know existed before. And it's really important to know who you're talking with. And I can dive into more, but those are, I think, the top two that we always look into when we invest with someone. Trust is critical in everything, isn't it? So much. Again, because we do not have the expertise to even vet deals, I'll look at a deal. I won't know if it's a good or bad deal. I'll look to see if the numbers are good and match my strategy and it's an operator that I trust, I'll invest. I'm not going to go look, wait, is this the best market to invest in? I don't know. Are the rents they're taking into account, do they match what the market conditions are where they're looking at? I don't know. I'm not going to go and even check that because as long as I trust this operator, it's just that the numbers have to match my strategy and that's it. So trust is everything. Latan, let me start by saying that I am not a syndicator looking to build my list of LPs when I ask this, but I will say as a real estate professional who does joint ventures, I bring in partners on deals where they're the money partner and I'm the expertise partner. I'm not expecting people I invest with to understand the numbers as well as I do, frankly. What you're saying there makes sense. That said, and recognizing that you focus on your strengths and keep your expertise within your passion, which you put it better than me, but solving inefficiencies with technology. I know a lot of operators who are trustworthy, who are looking to bring on LPs like you, the people who are not going to get an analysis paralysis and nitpick all of the little numbers on the spreadsheet, who are trustworthy and looking to work off of trust and deliver a return. Latana, how have the operators you've invested with earned your trust? That's a great question. So obviously, it's if I know people that have invested with that operator before, that really helps from the get-go vet that operator. Because if these are, again, either friends of mine or people, I value their opinion and they've invested with this operator, that's going to give a lot of credit to that specific operator. Obviously goes without saying, but it's very hard to find those references that are not coming from the operator himself. 
So when that doesn't exist, for me, it's very, very hard to invest with an operator. One of the things that I've seen that a lot of other LPs do, and I have not done yet, it's listen to a lot of podcasts, accumulate a lot of knowledge from all these different groups and see which operators come up multiple times in, the, in these different groups and then get that feeling of trust because they've heard the name of that operator from multiple sources that helps them make the decision to invest with. But, trust is a much more emotional than rational process, isn't it? A hundred percent. It is. Tell us more about your decision to join GoBundance. There are a lot of mentorship mastermind programs. GoBundance, to my knowledge, is not real estate focused, but then again, neither are you. When did you join and why did you choose among the many options to join GoBundance? So I wasn't looking for these groups, but I was looking to enhance my knowledge and connections. And I just had a random conversation with a guy on Facebook about investing in syndications. And during this conversation, because we were sort of trying to together brainstorm, how do we find good operators? And then he told me, well, listen, I'm thinking of joining this mastermind group called GoBundance, where there are a bunch of really successful people who have been investing in real estate, who have high levels of integrity and, and trust. He's joining that group to connect with those type of people. I didn't research anything else. So I didn't check what else is out there. I just said, this is trust and intuition, I guess. But our conversation kicked off really well. It sounded like he was like in the right direction. And I said, yeah, no, let's check it out. And I ended up joining. And it's also a lot of luck, I guess, because I really did find a group of awesome people. I might have found a group of awesome people in different groups. I'm not saying this is the best group. I, I don't know. I never went and researched the mastermind ecosystem of real estate investing. It ended up to be a good decision for me. Awesome. Well, Latano, are you ready for our best ever lightning round? I am. Great. What is the best ever book you recently read? I'd say Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. He's coming out with a new, more real estate focused book here soon. It might be out by the time this That's awesome. episode airs. What is your best ever way to give back? So I love helping early stage entrepreneurs, founders, aspiring LP investors, just understand what questions they should ask, how to vet sponsors, deal flow, stuff like that. It feels to me like giving back the best way I can from my experience. Thus far, specific to your passive real estate investing, Latam, what is the biggest mistake you've made and the best ever lesson that has resulted from it? I mean, the biggest mistake was the act of investing for me, but I'm going to put that aside. That's for me, at least. For the passive side, it's hard to say. I touched wood. There haven't been many mistakes, but the biggest mistake was around refinance events. And one deal, a year and a half in, there was a refinance event where we received 70% of our capital back without notification. No one told us. We just got money into our bank account, which is good to some extent. But on the other side, now I have money laying around. I have to find something to do with it. It was supposed to generate cash flow. But because I didn't ask before investing what happens in the event of a refinance, I didn't know the answer. Because each operator has a different way of structuring deals in terms of what happens yeah, in this yeah. event. How does that affect the cash flow and all that? Which is fine. There's no right or wrong, but the question needs to be asked. So since then, I always ask an operator, what happens if there's a refinance event? What happens to our cash flow? What happens to the split, to the hurdles? What happens? And so that was a mistake that we didn't ask that we do ask every time now. And what is your best ever advice? I think once you, 
define your strategy. For me, it's passive active and make sure your investment decisions match the strategy you choose. For me, that was a key. Last question, Latan, where can people get in touch with you? You can either reach out to me. My email is Litan, L-I-T-A-N, at Visor, V-Y-Z-E-R dot C-O. That's our platform. Or on Twitter, Litan Yahav, Facebook, Litan Yahav, or LinkedIn, Litan Yahav. Those links are in the show notes for our Best Several listeners. And Best Several listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode. If you've gained value from our conversation with Latan about finding efficiencies in complex investing and strategies, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this with a friend who you know will gain value from this conversation with Leeton. Thank you and have a best ever day. Thanks a lot.